Welcome back to a very special edition of Ghoul Talk. How's it going, Lindsay? It's pretty good. How are you? I'm great. I am, you know, just sitting here by the roaring fire, Mm. warming up my hands, uh, chestnuts roasting away. Great. Snow people banging on the window, leering at me from the outside in the cold. Oh, okay. Well, don't let them... Well, maybe you let them in and they melt. Mm, yeah, Jokes I, on them, huh? Right, yeah. Mm. What, I don't know what they think they're going to do here, but, you mm. know, if they get to mm. me, I guess they have a few minutes to fuck shit up. But... To slide around <laughs> your house. <laughs> yeah. Leaving do water they... all over the place. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ugh, God, then I'm going to have so to use all my good towels murders. to clean it up. God. You, so you use your good towels when you spill stuff? Well, I only goes, have right for the one good, set right of towels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so by good, I mean <laughs> towels. <laughs> the, the towels. The towels. The only. Sure. Yeah, your good towels have like bleach stains and stuff on them at this point, right? Maybe. Of course. That's what the good towels yeah. are, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, tis the season. Yeah. It's the second wow. most wonderful time of the year. After That's right. Halloween. <laughs> Damn straight. Yep. That's right. Uh, That's right. That's right. And maybe uh, third, because yes. Thanksgiving's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, we disagree on that. But you know, we can have food. different rubrics. We got food. It's fine. Man. Yeah, but see, Christmas has food, like That's a lot of true. food. That's true. Uh, or I should say, holidays, right? I don't mean to discriminate or exclude. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But caught your red-handed. I uh, know. Oh, I'm terrible. Red cup. But you know. Uh, these holidays, December holidays, have food and they have presents and they have all that kind of stuff on top of what Thanksgiving does. Plus, yeah, I mean, all, I guess all of them are problematic socially in a lot of ways, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. historically, etc. Sure, yes. sure. But, haha. Oh well, no, that's not true. Um, I'm just thinking from a food yeah. perspective. I guess mm-hmm. the one thing we've got going now is that pumpkin pie is still appropriate so you've got that you've got sure, your, your yeah. kind of warming spices with that your gin and then mm-hmm. you've got your gingerbread coming mm-hmm. in you know rounding Delicious. that out too mm-hmm. so you got a couple of things going with ginger and cloves and the warming spices and then yep. you get the the coup de gras the uh, mm. peppermint comes rolling in oh jingle, i know jingle jangling mm-hmm. so we, we got a lot of yeah. good stuff going on i guess yeah peppermint kind of wins over thanksgiving in that way just Thank more, you. more flavors to enjoy. So if it wins over Thanksgiving and food, then doesn't it just win, period? Yeah, what I, else? Think yeah. I think you might be See, right. I think you might be right. Thank you. Thank you very much. I didn't even really need to argue that. Nope, and you, you knew. won. You knew. Yeah, I'm sorry. You knew. It was, my, it was my gut, really. you know, like I said, second most time. And then I was like, oh, maybe it's the third. You know, go with your gut, guys. Yeah. That's the real lesson today. Like literally. Yep. Hey! Which kind of food do you like more? <laughs> Uh, you know what I would really like is a recipe for some kind of cranberry pie because cranberry is mm, another pie. Christmas like I even though there is the whole cranberry chutney delicious Thanksgiving yeah. situation I'm gonna cranberry make some of that tonight or something have you ever made candied 
cranberries. I haven't. I haven't. Some next next level stuff. Very easy. You just cook them in a pot with some sugar. Yeah, that's all you do until it becomes a sludge. Is that basically? And then you, really eat, then you eat it with a spoon. No, yeah. you uh, <laughs> you so- you soak raw cranberries in sugar water Ooh. and then take them out the next night and roll them in coarse sugar oh my god delicious so sugar yeah delicious. <laughs> yeah but uh, it's it's great if you use just a little bit of it then you still have that really tart cranberry yeah yeah pop you know because it pops right you, you make it. them at home you can control nature's how candy much sugar goes into it that sounds delicious i've never had candied cranberries like that yeah I have a friend good. who's a really good cook, and she made them for a Thanksgiving thing. And I was like, "Well, this is Christmas food, but okay." You just pick and them it up with your delicious. fingers, pop them in. No, there. you just take the bowl and tip it over into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you old dog. You gotta you. chew. You gotta chew really fast, but it's delicious. <laughs> uh, I love candied ginger, which I imagine is made mm, in a pretty similar yum. way. Um, oh, that's yeah. I've great. never tried that. Mm, really. Yeah, you know, I used no, I mean, to I've, like. I've tried candied ginger. Yeah, I've tried, never tried it. making it. Yeah. yeah, I want to start making my own because I feel like mm. it has a lot of sugar in it when you buy it at the store, and I would like sure. to just you know dial it back a little bit every mm-hmm. every couple of grams that we, we can avoid, right? That's of, right. Of added sugar. Sugar's the real killer. It really is, man. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not kidding. It up. sounded like I was, but I wasn't. Uh, I'm yeah. with you. I know. And that's, that's the, the negative That's the part scary of Christmas. story this episode, yeah. man. Just added, yeah. added the amount Let's of added talk, sugar in our diet. You know, great segue. Let's talk about <laughs> <a> sugar. <laughs> the scariest tale I can tell you. Mm-hmm. Big sugar. See you later, Actually, teeth. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye, teeth heart. Anyway? Dentistry has really uh, advanced, you know? Mm-hmm. I can get yeah. a whole new set. Yeah, that's true. Chomp- new chompers. <laughs> Speaking of just a real, this is going to be a tangent that I'm going to regret, but um, have you ever watched The Americans? I haven't. Is it's it really on good. Network it's, television? Uh, I think it's FX. Oh. But it's on Amazon sexy. Prime. It It's really great. It's an excellent show. But the yeah, main. I was reading some blog that ranked that as their like, number one show of 2016. It's, it's great. It's mm. great totally awesome but the only i thought of this because the main actor in it he's he's fantastic and he's really handsome but he has like these teeth that are so white and they look like they're all capped like it looks like he ate too much sugar all of his teeth fell out and then they gave him like brand new like fresh out of the box teeth (laughs) it's kind of distracting especially because he like the show's premise is that they're Russian spies living in the U.S. in 1980, so it's really interesting. Are you talking about Matthew Rees? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm looking at he's his you know totally right handsome now. and he's great. He's fantastic, but those teeth, man. Like I feel like people would remember the teeth, <laughs> and so remember that even if he has these like really good disguises, you know. Yeah, they'd be like, "Hey, I know those yeah. teeth." Yeah. I'm no fool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think 1980 would have been a really like all of 1980s period would have been a really good time to be a spy because the fashion was so outlandish that like you could get away with all kinds of wigs and glasses and stuff. Oh, wow. Anyway, he's he's really dating Carrie Russell. Oh, yeah. I know. Romance on set. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. Watch it. But those teeth, I'll tell you. But like I, you know, so big sugar isn't really a problem because if all your teeth fall out, you can get teeth like Matthew Reese from the Americans and look like a stud. Hey, you've got me there. Yeah. Well, then I so guess this Dan- episode's over. <laughs> Don't be so scared, guys. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. This episode no, is but, brought uh, to you by sugar. 
It's totally <laughs> fine for you. You're fine, fuckers. Yeah. Hey, tis the season for sugar cookie. Okay. Oh um, yeah, it's real good. No, but I do actually have uh, some stuff to talk about that I actually did some research on, Daniel. No. If you can believe it. No. Yeah. I really tried to pull it together. Get out of here. Like we said we would in that first episode and then didn't for yep, like five for episodes and now we're here and we were like, you know. Well, you know, we had some hot submissions to, to yeah. get in there. So but we will always prioritize those submissions. Absolutely. So, I love a submission. Yeah. Absolutely. We got a couple hot ones coming, but not for a couple weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. So just great teaser. Uh, great teaser. Yeah. Good teaser. Yeah. You know, I'm all about marketing one on one. Just like get prepared, guys. It's in about six weeks. <laughs> We're going to have some really tight submissions. On your summer okay. vacation, those babies will be <laughs> yeah. flying out. Perk up your ears, guys. Yeah. Uh, no, but I did a, little, did a little research about one of the topics that I think we sort of tangentially talked about in one of those first episodes, which is when we were talking about what we think of when we think about ghosts, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. what what's the ghost that you think of? And I think, I don't, I think it was me. Or maybe it was you. Can't remember. Mm-hmm. You know, we have such a mind meld at this point. It's like, doesn't really matter which one of us said it. Person. Right. Same person. It's the same person doing different voices. I don't know if you guys can tell that, but, um, but anyway, I think I talked about like gray ladies and sort of this Victorian ghost ideal or not ideal, but you know, classic picture that a lot of people thought of or think of when they think of ghosts or when you think of like a haunted house you probably think of a queen anne um you know or a corn ender that (laughs) that might have had yeah yeah that's right yeah sure Mm -hmm. or uh, architectural i feel like they've always got that mansard roof you know it's always like yeah yeah. or a tower you know Mm, like sort of turret wrought iron yes absolutely so i was kind of like that piqued my interest um because I thought about you know, ghosts and how ghost stories were told in the olden times, right? Mm-hmm, so I decided mm-hmm. to look up some stuff about ghost stories in the Victorian era, which, oh, you know, sorry. Not, non-history nerds out there, people often lump Victorian era as if it was the entirety of the, like, <laughs> yeah. 18th, 19th, yeah. early 20th centuries when it actually is From isn't, 1492 gonna... until 2005. <laughs> exactly. Seriously, it's actually if we're going to get specific, which we are, just because that's the nature of this beast. Oh, yeah, good. that that era is really from the the reign of Queen Victoria in Britain, eighteen thirty seven to nineteen oh one. So that's who's this you just, say? Just, just, just get it right, okay? My okay. queen is Elizabeth the Second. Oh boy! And I will have none other. <clears throat> we'll just transport yourself back. You know, yeah. So we're gonna get into this uh, ghost stories in Victorian times. What were the? Sorry, did you say the dates hmm. for her reign? Eighteen, yes, eighteen thirty-seven to nineteen o one. Great, I totally heard you. I just for the listener. Oh, 1837 to 1901. 1901. And actually, quite early in 1901, she died in January. Didn't know that. Yeah. If you, I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but her reign is fascinating. So check that out sometimes. That's not what we're going to talk about. Was it a purple reign? It was a purple reign. (laughs) Actually, purple for part of it, and then black after her husband died because she got very sad. In memoriam 2016. Yeah. Uh. Seriously. The people we lost. Mm. Anyway, so ghost stories in Victorian times. Sorry. Yes. Uh, 
something that I mean, just off the top, I thought was really interesting is that ghost stories became like actually became a popular storytelling form during this era. Like it wasn't. I mean, sure, there were oral traditions and people had these oh, tales. I bet there were. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's but like they stories. they weren't. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But they weren't like nationally popular until mm-hmm. this Victorian era, specifically, kind of that's early pretty, on there, which was wild. interesting yeah. to me. Kind of. And yeah. it and it was because I mean, you can guess this that publishers suddenly needed mass, you know, massive content. A lot of what, and we'll get into it more, but a lot of what made ghost stories kind of reach peak popularity during the time was because of technology, why they resonated, et cetera. But we'll get into Here that. Here we go. Please mansplain mm-hmm. technology to me. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, Lindsay's corner <laughs> on technology. Believe me, I am an expert. After our cooking <laughs> segment was over, now we're going to yeah, talk in tech yeah. <laughs> with nasty Z. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love the ring of that. That's really great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to steal it and I'm going to get rich and I'm not going to give you anything. That's for it. I would expect nothing less. Cool. Well, so getting back to the topic at hand, right? Mm -hmm. So when you're, you're having all this, all of these like media outlets needing content, ghost stories fit the bill pretty well because they were short, cheap. You could get an author to write something up pretty quickly. Although I think that's a little bit, um, I don't think that, shows the true value of some of these stories and how they resonated, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could, you know, have them be repetitive. You could, you could cut them to length. Like they were kind of the ideal thing to run in these new, um, in these new published new newspapers, that, serials, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, ghost stories became associated with Christmas Eve specifically because of a couple of things here. Um, first, and I bet you could guess this. I'm sure you already knew this. I didn't, um, happened because of Charles Dickens writing A Christmas Carol, which was produced in serial form, like during the Christmas season in 1843. Mm. Like and a, if like you a kind of Booberry Count type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But Christmas mm. Carol. So it was like green and red. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Pretty cool. With like the yeah. ghost of Christmas present on it saying, come in here and eat me better, man. Exactly. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You must have seen photos of it. Yeah, cool, well, I mean, you know, so, yeah, advertising hasn't changed much. That's true. Oh, I'm just trying to sell that sugar to kids so and eat one That's way so or true. another. Brought to you by Big Sugar. That's right. <laughs> but no, I mean, it really, and it's scary. If you go back, I read, I reread parts of it, not the full thing because I'm lazy, but mm. the the parts where the ghosts are coming to visit him are really scary. Oh, like yeah. They're written really well. Um, obviously, it's Charles Dickens, but it's spooky shit. I just recently watched yeah. A Muppet Christmas Carol the other mm. day. So, mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, I know the mm. last one's supposed to be the scariest one, but the first one's pretty frightening too. Christmas past. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like a spooky yeah. little girl. Yeah. 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 Very scary. You know, yeah. Well, yes, I think it's definitely scary. My personal favorite version of Christmas Carol is Scrooged. Oh, with sure. Bill Murray. It's really, it's, it holds up. It's very funny. And Carol Kane is in it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's good. Anyway, what I thought was also interesting about this Christmas Carol thing is that it was the same year that the first commercially produced Christmas card was sent. No. So it was way. all kind of the beginning of the trend of, like making Christmas secular. Is that the first year that Coca-Cola invented Santa Claus too? And the polar bear. Mm. No, I don't know. The first year that scientists genetically created polar bears to sell soda and rot our teeth. You know, I didn't look up that part, but you should. I'm pretty sure it's true. 
But I mean, I feel like it, you know, they talk a lot about people not recognizing the reason for the season, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but I think mm-hmm. it's like this era that Christ came out of Christmas. I uh, think it's all Dickens, Dickens's fault. Ah, uh, yeah. You can, you can blame him, you know, well, fuck you. That PC thug. <laughs> yeah. I think he was, wasn't he an atheist? I don't know. Or am I thinking of something else? I just know he was kind of a piece of shit in some ways. Yeah, yeah. no. And a real wordy. His writing was good, but other than that, kind of a dick. Yeah. I like a lot of his stuff, but man, some of his, just the, I mean, you could tell he was getting paid by the word. You know what I mean? Sure. Even even the good stuff is like a little tedious sometimes. I know. I, yeah, I do. Like, I tend to, I tend to like his writing a lot. Yeah. There's this. A pause button. There's this great uh, writer, really? Sarah Waters. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, sorry. I should say that as like no. But there's a great writer now, Sarah Waters, who writes kind of in that same Dickensian way with a lot of twists and turns, but mm. uh, with lesbians. Oh. In the Victorian, mm. it's pretty pretty sexy. Yeah. Uh, read Fingersmith if you want a, a good spicy. <laughs> I think I spicy Victorian era. <laughs> That's a little on it's the nose. It's called Fingersmith. It's a little on the nose of a title. <laughs> hey, back then, back then it meant thief. You know, you're it, just a dirty mind. Interesting. Right there. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, right there. God. Uh, uh, so no, anyway, I loved Great Expectations. Back to this. Loved it. Oh, it's great. Yeah, Super I, you know, actually, that's probably my favorite of the of his books. Hmm. Tale of Two Cities was good too. Same person, you know. I'm telling you, what? You, you and me, it's a callback. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Huh? <laughs> Great. What? Huh? huh? Really, really Cranberry? worked out well. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> the overlap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Dickens really flew on this Christ out of Christmas situation mm-hmm. because he uh, he published a like a periodical around Christmas time called all the year round that Mm. had like some big hitters of the time writing stories, ghost stories for it. Wilkie Collins and Elizabeth Gaskell. The woman in white herself. Yeah. 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 And Elizabeth Gaskell wrote some good, good books. And she, I think she was friends with Charlotte Bronte or something. I don't know. Who cares? It's boring. I don't don't care at all about literature. It's stupid. I don't care. She's been talking Uh, about it for 10 minutes, but I (laughs) sure. No big deal. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I thought was interesting. So when I was looking up these Victorian ghost stories, this guy, um, M.R. James kept coming up. It's mm-hmm. Montague. It's like Ooh. Montague Reginald James or some oh, shit. Why would it's you like ever a, shorten a that? Fucking, I know. Well, it's like a made up British name, you know, like anyway, uh, it's what Americans would imagine every British person to be named, yes. you know. Very James the third. <laughs> uh, he was a he was a famous British scholar, and I kind of forget what he studied. I think like classics in general. He was um, a medievalist scholar, but he was yeah. Oh, sure. Okay, you got it. But he was best known for his tales of terror. Ooh. So he he had this tradition where he was he was a professor, and he would select a few students and friends um, to his to his house. On Christmas Eve, and they'd all like read each other ghost stories. So uh, between that and the um, it sounds like a fucking hoot, doesn't it? Yeah, I shit. Yeah. I was like, how is that not my family? I know tradition? this is like yeah. the best. But it's interesting between that and Dickens that this became like ghost stories at Christmas. It's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. We're living in the wrong time. I tell you. Um, well, yeah, I'll take well, it no. probably. No, I am fine with it. Because I really like tampons exist. Yeah, and we're I getting really like sanitation. Stuff. 
Yeah, sanitation and, I don't know, like, not being my husband's property. Yeah, that too. Uh, that's cool. But just imagine different. if you didn't have a flushing toilet. I don't know when those were invented. Oof, but God. That's A number one for me. On, yeah. <laughs> on think about chamber, just think about chamber pots. Right? I don't want to. Let's take a pause. That's the real literally. scary story. And let everybody think about that. I don't want to. You have a ceramic it. pot underneath your bed that you take out. And take a shit in. Stop it. Put, too the, afraid. put the lid on and you put it back under your bed. This is the most upsetting, scary thing we've ever and talked about. And that's just about. if you had a regular turd. That's what if, if you're you lucky. Diarrhea? That's like what the wealthy yeah. people did. True. Yeah. Ugh. Otherwise, you'd stick your butt out the window and let it drop, my friend. Uh, like in that painting. Uh, what am I thinking of? I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, it was huge in like Dutch mm. painting. Like, um, like there were Turning always pictures of people yeah yeah oh gross. i remember my art history professor would say Ooh. shit in her little like french accent and some student got offended it was really stupid oh jeez. he's uh shitting here out of the window it's like very like it, i loved it i mm-hmm. thought it was great yeah it's really yeah it's on funny. brand for me i gotta look that yeah totally i'm with you i gotta look that up mm-hmm. so um so I'm reading all this and I'm like, sure, sure. Like, I know why I would be into that, but why would why would it why would that take off with Victorians? You know, like, sure. who cares about Those ghost stories around Christmas Eve? So of crap. This is yeah. This is what I thought was pretty interesting, right? And these are all theories. I don't. I don't think there's any way that anybody could like prove these definitively, but they're interesting approaches to like why this might have been the case, but. Like, economic changes in technology seem to have contributed to the rise of the ghost story being a popular medium. Because mm-hmm. you have, like, the Industrial Revolution changing up the kind of the class structures, right? So you have people migrating into cities, creation of this new middle class where you're living in, ha- living, living in a house with servants for the first time. So you have, like, hidden doorways and, like, noises in the background you wouldn't have experienced before so there's kind of like things that go bump in the night literally but are actual people but kind of like get your mind a little spooked out right sure between that and like the telegraph right this this idea of sort of magic in the everyday where a machine can communicate between you here and someone else like in india if you're so inclined or however that works just the idea of that being something that exists right. that that kind of fantastical thing um gas lamps which i thought was really interesting mm-hmm. this technology that was happening then um carbon monoxide that emitted from the gas lamps <laughs> often provoked hallucinations people were just tripping out <laughs> yeah basically which that makes sense there were so yeah. many things like that so many substances people like ingested on the regular that <laughs> would make them have hallucinations cocaine was a you know popular medicine um but you kind of you get into like the photography is another one and the rise of the spirit photography I and mean, you've seen that stuff it's really great those yeah, like yeah. faked photos with like lincoln you know the most famous one i can think of was the one with lincoln mm-hmm. on mary's shoulders but um yeah i, I could see that being like a reaction to technology yeah, people um, love spooky white. shit back there or back then. Yeah. And like I feel like that's when sure. cemeteries started becoming more yeah. like uh you like a place that people would spend time in as opposed to a place that people would avoid and mm-hmm. sorry if that was your next thing. Uh, no, it wasn't <laughs> actually. It was not. So that no, but it's I think it's interesting. I was actually in one of the articles I was reading, I was saying something that like People are trying to, I don't know this, I think it's the clunky parallel, but people are trying to compare that time to now where we have all of these very fast advances in technology and there's a rise of interest in like tarot and yeah. 
fortune telling and that kind of stuff. I think it's more because of the internet and that people are like, oh, cool, what's that? I don't really care, but I'm, you know, this is fun to read yeah, about. People can find um, other weird people too, just like. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other, the other thing, which is, you know, people have talked about forever is the rise of spiritualism, right? So you've got the seances and the, the like hoodwinking um, happening in those. They started off being you've simple, connecting people to them. Seances. Mm-hmm. A good one. Queen. Really good. Really good. Really good. <laughs> um, but, you know, in general, this was the best quote that I heard to to kind of get at that point was that the Victorian era was, quite frankly, terrifying. All of a sudden, magic was made ordinary and tangible, which you can see how that would lead to people kind of being interested in this uh, gray, spooky area. Sure. Unexplainable that sort of thing. So. Yeah, Merry Christmas, <laughs> Happy Holidays, <laughs> Sweet Dreams, you know. Yeah. Yeah, pretty spooky, right? Yeah, I like it. And mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. I Googled uh, M.R. MR James when you mm-hmm. said his name, and I'm mm-hmm. really intrigued about this because uh, I jumped onto the ghost story section. Mm-hmm. And apparently in 2000, the BBC uh, filmed, um, uh, like, so to try to capture the idea of, the Victorian tradition of like getting together with friends and reading mm. Christmas Eve ghost stories. The BBC mm. filmed Christopher Lee reading a bunch of uh, MR James stories in a candlelit room in King's Ooh. College, which is where he had studied. And ah. I have got to find that because Christopher yeah. Lee is the shit and he's got <laughs> he's such so a good voice. And like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, have we? Oh, yeah, we talked about it last. Well, sorry, I was gonna say last year, but different podcast. Um, he's got this heavy metal. <laughs> Two heavy oh, metal yeah. Christmas albums yeah. that are fantastic. <laughs> pretty great. Yeah, yeah pretty great. Anyway. Yeah, ooh, yeah, I'd love to read that too. Yeah, yeah I mean, if that. you think about you think about the classic Korean ghost stories, I and mean, obviously a Christmas Carol, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Um, but in a Christmas a, Carol, didn't it end up just being a bit of undigested bread, a, a bit of mustard? What? <laughs> I feel like I've made that I'm joke a as, bunch of times before. I'm not as familiar with it. That's what Scrooge are. says to Marley uh, oh. when they first show up. He's like, you know, like, because, you know, like, a, basically, I'm paraphrasing here. Like, a, mm-hmm. you know, a fucked up, you know, you st- like you eat something fucked up and it'll give you hallucinations. <laughs> like, sure. you could just be well, like me digesting some, some food. You sniff some gas lamp yeah. emissions and Scrooge you might have Scrooge didn't a... know how right he was. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, I've interrupted you. No, for the I last was just. Time. I doubt that's. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I was just gonna give a couple suggestions of stories that we have talked about and have liked before. Yeah, hot tips. And I've actually read before. Guys, get out your pen and podcast. paper. Here it comes. Mm-hmm. Well, my personal favorite, and we read it for the last podcast when we did a different Halloween special, but Monkey's Paw. Mm. It's technically mm. not Victorian because it's from 1902. But <sighs> come on. I know. But it's so good. It is pretty good. Uh, Turn of the Screw by yeah. Henry James. That one was one of those shocker stories that? that I had I had no idea. I, what I can't was gonna remember be what it's about. It's, it's really good. Okay. I was reading about it last night just to mm-hmm. prep for this and I like mm-hmm. could not remember if I've read it. So I should read it, I guess. Go- Google it. Go- Gutenberg.org Gutenberg. probably has it. Somewhere. Oh yeah. 
Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you got, of course, The Signal Man by Charles Dickens. Ah, that's a good one. Which is another great one. That one kept being quoted around, I think, because people had a hard on for Charles Dickens because of Christmas stuff. So All right. go for it. It's good. It's good though. <laughs> and anything it's by, uh, what the fuck's that guy's name in Baltimore? Uh, Raven mm, guy. <laughs> the Raven guy. Not ringing guy. a bell. Not ringing a bell. Yeah. Not, yeah. Mm. Mm. No, we can Google uh, it and send an email out. <laughs> it's Edgar Allan Poe. No. I, I couldn't think. Yeah, that's not that's, right. I don't think that's I it. couldn't think of his name, but oh, then really? I remembered it. I thought mm-hmm. you were just having no. a goof with me. No, I really couldn't. I thought couldn't you were having it. a laugh, governor. <laughs> I, it's I me, Queen Victoria. <laughs> wow. I'm really from good. the dead. Really good. It's like she's here with us. Yeah. Wow. She probably heard yeah. about the name drop and wanted to come mm-hmm. check in, make sure we got the wanted dates right. Wanted to thank right. us. Yeah. Yeah, wanted to thank us. Well, give me some crown jewels and I'll consider myself thanked. Before I yeah. go back to the other side, I just wanted no, to make that a would not. That wouldn't be her accent. It's Look, posh. Blimey, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> this is how a queen would talk. Sure, keep going. Victoria. I mean, you're used to the modern accents, I think. I just so wanted sorry. to let everybody know that, you know, Victorian is not a style of architecture. Gotta go, bye. That's very, oh, God, yes, very true. No, it's weird Unless that she's you're talking about, like, a time, you know, sort of, like, in the yeah, era. Yeah, in a general mm-hmm. sense. But you wouldn't yes. say Victoria style. No, because it's not a style. You would it's say, time like, period. it's Victorian <sighs> era. I don't right. know. That's just the impression. I think she would have wanted me to clarify that. Um, I think, and you know, for folks that are interested along those lines, if you're thinking of what you would imagine to be a Victorian style, you're probably thinking of a Second Empire or Queen Anne. Queen Anne, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is okay. confusing because or Italian Victoria eight. and Queen Anne. Mm-hmm. What's with That's all right. the queens? I don't know. That's what I always say. Who cares? Ah, blimey. Shall we take a break? Oh, And tell a ghost story of our own? (laughs) I think absolutely. (laughs) We're ghosts. I love a good ghost story as much as the next fellow. And we're back for the holiday special Victorian-themed... Talk. So, Daniel, I have a, a sort of uh, ghost story slash hmm. history, house history. <laughs> Everybody's favorite house story. House story. Ghost Just came up with that. Ghost. Right ghost house story. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Everybody likes that, right? Yeah. Little ghost story. Little history. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, great. It's the best. Of I, both I got. I got something for you then. <laughs> So I was uh, in New York City. New York New City. New York City. I had a bunch of salsa up there, oh, let me tell you guys. It was God. not as good oh, man. as in Texas. You yeah. go uh, get a slice of pizza. <laughs> you go by the statue, baby. Wow. God, you know. You got to go to the statue. These. Yeah, it's really you gotta good. You got to go to the statue. Really oh, good. It's the best. <laughs> Uh, so I didn't. I went instead to what has been called the most haunted house in New York City. What? Yes. What? It is the Merchant's House Museum, mm. 29 East 4th Street, which is near Washington Square Park. 
Oh, sort of near NYU. Oh my gosh. A little bit above the Bowery. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So cool. It's in Manhattan, you know. Um, But it's really interesting on this block. So it's, this house was built in 1832. So it's very of the era, you know. Not the Victorian era, mind you. 1837 is when that started. This is, okay. It's more of the Adam style, if you will. Federal, kind of, right? I will. Sure. So it's on this block and it's kind of it's by itself, basically, like the, the buildings near it are all of a later era. Um, and there are a couple of like gaps in the gaps in the teeth, if you will, <laughs> on the street. So it's, it's kind of eerie <laughs> on its own just standing there. It's like dwarfed by the other buildings and looks very out of place for that area. I'm you know, NYU has been right now. Sure. And NYU has been buying all the property over there and fucking it up. Big surprise. Um, Anyway, but this house has this reputation. So it's it's kind of interesting. Like we went to it and it's, you know, I know you and I have issues with the house museum as a a a type kind of thing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Classic, classic federal style, Adam style. Um, so, you know, house museums are kind of problematic, kind yeah. of boring. But this yeah. one is interesting, I thought, because it is the one of the oldest, um, like, fully intact. Or they, they marketed it as being, like, the only fully intact house of this era in New York, which sounds like a far cry, but it might be accurate because it was in the same family for its entire life. And then it was turned into a museum right after hmm. the last family member died. So... It's kind of interesting that way. It's a self-guided tour, and it's I liked it because it was like it definitely put you in the in the time. Um, and it's it's worth paying. The people who worked there were awesome, so whatever. It is worth the price of admission. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sponsored yeah, yeah. by well, the Merchant's House Museum. Yeah. Ooh, and it Big in. Sugar. Oh my God. Well, they do do um, hey, Halloween Halloween programming, so we'll get into that. It's pretty great. Yeah. Um, but just some some little house history for you. It's kind of interesting. Built in 1832 for a very well-off ask. merchant, Seabury Treadwell and his family, mm-hmm. wife Eliza, and their seven children. Um, and their daughter Gertrude, Peggy? who was their eighth child, was born in the house, and she died in the house. Good so, okay. Um, so... She outlived everybody in the family, obviously. She was hmm. the, the oldest one, died in that house in 1933. Yeah, um, that's pretty yeah. old. <laughs> what? I mean... The, she was nine, yeah, she was 93 when she died. Yeah. And okay. I guess, like, as she as she grew old, because she lived in that house her whole life. Like, she never right. married. She stayed there the whole time. So I guess, like, as she grew older, she became eccentric hmm. and... Um, well, like they happens, were yeah. by then, you know, the money had run out. So they were there. She was impoverished, but she kept the family home intact. And even after the rest of the neighborhood changed, as they talked about. So sure. she was able to like old battle axe, keep it down. You know, she held tight. Um, so she died in 1933. She was 93 at the time. Wow. Um, and shortly after she died, her cousin arranged for the house to become a museum. Hmm. So just some some like overview spooky stuff here so they do this you know every october they do a two-week period of like uh ghost tours and that sort of thing i think they do monthly ghost tours too but they don't try to play up the ghost angle that much like they're they're playful about it but they they're very respectful of the home it's it's a good group of people that runs this i think they're 
um, good sense of fun, but you know, pretty respectful of the the place where they are maybe overly so, but that's Mm. cool. Um, anyway, so this ghost tour during this ghost tour, people have reported a variety of odd occurrences, your classic cold spots, your classic fainting, um, people faint. Apparently, wow. yeah. Um, people have talked about being touched. We'll talk Ooh. about that in a second. Hello, hello. Um, yeah, talk about like disembodied... Let me dim the lights. Can I give yeah. me one second? Sure. Thank yeah. you. Everybody, good? <laughs> Great. Okay. Great. Uh, disembodied footsteps, um, recitals from a piano that didn't work anymore. Hmm. And there are separate reports of a woman's singing voice coming from an empty room. One of the spookier ones that I read, which, I mean, my computer's a piece of shit, so this is not a far cry. But (laughs) apparently some of the staff had reported um, their computers freezing when they started to type the name Treadwell. (gasps) Mm -hmm. And there are also apparently recordings, which seem to um, contain, which of course, seem to contain words and phrases that answer specific questions. Hmm. So apparently this activity has become more playful than creepy in the most recent years. Well, that's good. Which which apparently was um, related back to a time when a psychic came to the house to assure the spirits that the furniture that was being moved out was um, was in the best interest of the house. They did some renovations during, I think, between the period of when... Um, well, you know, over the years, I yeah. guess. Yeah, so they but, were just yeah. taking it out while working. Taking the furniture out while they were working on it. And when the psychic came in to, yes, that they okay. would, it would come back and it was the best interest of the house. Oh, okay. Um, some other things. There was uh, an article about this reporter. It was kind of a funny, like, goofy article that he went to this museum to conduct an investigation, right? So they did a recording. And there was an apparent sound of bells in a response to a question that they posed to the to see Barry Treadwell, who was the the father. They asked mm. him some kind of question about what his fondest memory was, and they heard bells ringing. Mm. Weird. Yeah. That's a weird um, answer. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Bells. I really love bells. Really bells. Bell. Ding, 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 ding. Bells, bells of all roll. kinds. <laughs> um, and the reporter himself uh, had this to say. So, quote, I experienced this at 12.33 a.m. As we were all standing in the rear parlor on the first floor, I very suddenly got goosebumps up and down my right arm and felt a tingling on that side of my body. Oh, stroke. Then something seemed to brush up against my face, which atypically had a few weeks worth of beard growth at the time. I was genuinely freaked out and would have happily traded my right side tingle for a left side one that could be explained away as a warning sign of an impending stroke, but no dice. It was the right side and it was definitely happening. Hmm. Yeah. So in addition to those general creepy things, there are specific stories about three ghosts in the house that uh, people have seen before. So first off, kind of, Sure. Um, the first one is Samuel Treadwell, who was one of the sons that they had. Mm. So this is a, a first-hand account story, not for me, but from a former volunteer. Um, but it's they told it in the third person, so here oh, goes. Okay. <laughs> um, she was perusing a group of photographs of the family when she heard a voice with an old-fashioned accent state, "Looking at the family, eh?" I guess he's British too. I look at the family. It's my (laughs) ghost. Treadwell. 
She was overwhelmed with the scent of mothballs. Yeah. <laughs> this odor, yeah, I know, of all the scents. Mm. Uh, this odor made her feel faint. She then saw an old man with a weather-worn face standing uncomfortably close to her. They usually do. Yeah. Um, it was a hot summer day, and she was surprised to see this man wear an old-style heavy winter dress coat. He proceeded to share several Treadwell's family stories with her. He mentioned that he had known the original owner of the house as well. He pointed to the portrait on the bedroom wall of Joseph Brewster, who was the original um, original owner of the house. She now suspected that, quote, he was a nut. Her boyfriend and son then entered the room. As she turned back to the odd man, he was gone. Later, as she sat in the home's front parlor, she saw the same man again as he passed by the room's door. She then heard the front door open and close. As she stood, her knees buckled, for she realized the man who had shared the family stories with her was a ghost. It wasn't until six months later she gathered the courage to return to tell the museum staff about what she'd seen, smelled, and heard. One member showed her a photo of a young man wearing graduation robes. She stated he was younger, but it was the same man. The photo was a picture of Samuel Lennox Treadwell, the long-dead youngest son of the family. Mm. That was not a shock ending, but there you go. Uh, my personal favorite stories are about Gertrude. So again, she was the youngest daughter who died in the house. Um, so right after she died, her cousin sold it to make it a museum. So they did some restoration work there. And about a year after she died, a restoration worker saw a small elderly woman in a light colored dress standing in the doorway who promptly vanished Soon after, noisy children playing outside the house were interrupted when the door burst open and a tiny elderly woman flew out onto the high stoop in a rage, waving her arms wildly. Neighbors who witnessed the event swore the description matched Gertrude to a T. So since then, I guess she's been seen um, sometimes as a young woman, sometimes as an elderly one, which is interesting to me because it seems like that shouldn't happen, right? Right. Like... Wouldn't you just be one or the other? Um, but that would be kind of a cool trick if I was a ghost. I think it, you know, whenever I looked the hottest, it's probably when I'd want to <laughs> that, do yeah. that. Oh, for so sure. So pick an era anytime, you know, it's always, always gets better. Um, but anyway, so she's usually seen on the main staircase in the front bedroom where she died or hovering within view of the front door. Uh Oh, oh, yeah, this one. Uh, in the early 1980s, tourists rang the bell for entry, and the door was opened by a woman in period clothing who told them the museum was closed for the day. It wasn't, and the tour guides don't wear period clothing. Ooh. So there's Gertrude, spooky. She's the one that I think is most most often seen. But the Great. last one is about Seabury, the father who really likes bells. Uh this is another another account by people who saw him. He's perhaps. a regular bell witch, huh? Yeah. Nah, nah didn't work. Yeah. It's fine. Bell warlock. Pretty close. Warlock. Pretty close. Warlock. All right. <clears throat> Three men who visited the museum in the mid-1990s didn't stay long. The museum's manager was surprised to see them return their self-guide tour book within minutes of their arrival. She asked them if something was wrong. They told her that an older man, dressed in strange clothes, blocked their entrance he had firmly told them he wished them to leave. They then pointed to a portrait of Seabury Treadwell that hangs in the home's parlor. They stated, that is the man who blocked our way. Ooh. 
So there you have it, the Merchant's House Museum. I'd highly recommend doing one of their candlelit ghost tours. I bet that would be the way to see it. Yeah. So yeah, that that's the happy holidays touring ghost stories for you, man. Jingle, jingle, jingle. I guess. Hope you all listen to that. Uh, cozied up with your family around a warm fireplace. Now shaking in terror. That's right. All right. See you next time. Bye.